0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
1: The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 <laughs> 70 The Score.
2: Flashback. Here's the good. The good is Zach Levine shot the ball really, really well. Here's the problem. He can't jump. He's got no lift, he's got no explosiveness, he's got no athleticism. It's got to come back. I'm allowing for the possibility it's going to come back, but if this is all he is, if he's like Davis Bertons now, if he's just like crazy long-range shooter guy, that's not worth 220000000 million.
3: I'm not there yet. I'm not either,
2: but I'm closer than you are, I think.
3: I know that you have knee sympathy slash paranoia. I do think, though, that it took a while for it to come back the last time, which is why Oddly enough, I'm encouraged and you're discouraged because we're talking about a second time.
2: Somebody tell me when you think he's going to be able to jump because that's the Zach I want back.
3: I'm not there with this until a couple months from now at least.
2: Several months later. Didn't make enough threes. Levine shot four of 13. I'm totally cool with him taking 13 threes. That's just right. Here's the other thing. Zach's got me back now. Oh, you're back in, huh? I can just tell you how I feel when he shoots and I watch him now. His spring is back. His lift is back. The speed at which he's getting off the ground, his actual foot speed, not just talking about jumping and, and elevating, the speed and quickness is back.
1: The lift is back.
0: Well, well, well. How the turntables.
1: Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago Sports Talk. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670, 670 the, the score. score.
2: Blind consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. And if you allow yourself the possibility of changing your mind, it makes you free. So you got to call it like you see it. That's all that is.
3: Or you're going to stress out about somebody else's knee.
2: Yeah, Javante. All five Javantes are hurt now, damn it. Uh-huh. All five of them? Yes, all five Javantes. Take my sucks. knee. It sucks. I miss Javante. Oh, my man. podcast co-host, too, is in a, a period of, of mourning over... Missing Javante. He'll only be happy if, if Carly Jones finally gets his shot. Free Carly Jones! Get him out there. Let him get his, his 46 like he's getting in the G League. So he the, has
3: shown out in the G League hey man. and Summer League. He, that guy's caught on. And he is an unconventional, funky, little
2: scoring dude. I don't know if he can do it in the NBA, but I want to see.
4: Organizations win championships is the name of the podcast. Hey. But now you can do in an offshoot of that and just missing Javante podcast, <laughs> missing Javante pod, where all we do is lament <laughs> the absence of it's just the five, I think That would be a
3: great bit, actually. Journeyman.
2: Well, it's kind of what he what he does. I mean, like that was his dude. He's got his jersey, his everything, and I, yeah. I think his Instagram page—that's the only thing in his bio. It just says five Javante greens. That's right. I, well, and and now he's not going to be there, but they'll figure it out because they're in Washington. They should beat Washington, and if they don't, then it's going to get icky. Uh, heavy, uh, heavy, happy Wednesday, a Layla Wednesday. It's not Layla Wednesday. Well,
3: I know, but you just it. Wednesday. No,
2: she is the she won the award for the best sportscaster in Illinois. I want to see the voting because maybe you got like a couple votes more than Joniak, and they just called it a tie. I don't. I don't believe it. I, I. I don't. I don't believe it.
3: I don't know how it works. They told me I was nominated, and then they told me I tied with Jeff, and I was like, "Well, all this is neat." Yeah,
2: we should get him in here. You guys figure out like. Rock Do you, paper you get
4: like a thing, like a plaque, or? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm, that's what that I'm is. asking. I,
3: this is going to sound weird or bad or something. I. I've won a lot of stuff, and I never take home the trophies. It's just why.
4: Trophies are
2: nice. Years ago when Terry the work and work was the trophy. When, when, when Terry and I were named something something in like Radio Inc., it was like Major top, award. Yeah, oh. something. And then they then we get yeah, that too. And we get this note. It's like, well, congratulations on this big national award. And if you would like the actual award, here's where you can buy it. Oh. Like seriously? Oh. It was they wanted like 200 dollars for this glass. Menagerie, trophy, um, some, whatever bookend. it was. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> Thanks for and everything. But I mean, seriously, now you're going to make me
4: buy it? Yeah, that's not. Come on. Come on. No, that's too bad.
2: Yeah. Besides, so just make sure it's not a scam. They actually give you your golden dome or whatever this one is or the I, silver. I'm, I'm fine
3: with these flowers. One of the carnation's heads broke off. That seems appropriate.
4: Carnation. Is, is there actual water in there? No, no I got
3: to get some during the break. Okay. No, I'm good with this.
4: We're very proud and very happy for you. Thank you. It's awesome. It's well-deserved.
3: Uh, I did laugh because somebody asked, did I get it or was it because I was a woman? And he clearly didn't know <clears throat> Jeff and I tied it. I said, they actually gave it to me because I'm on my period. Don't worry. I'm going to stop bleeding soon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're, we're worried about attracting bears to the campsite.
3: <laughs> did you get it because she's a woman? No, they actually gave it to me because I'm on my period. They thought it would make me feel better. Perhaps it will stop the bleeding, <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's on Twitter. You can read it for yourself. Oh, God. No I star no stuff so won't be no stuff. Yeah, like, I just right. don't care. Like, I'm not doing this. We're
2: broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We've got Adam Hogue and Mike <laughs> Florio, Pete Futek, and Lavelle Neal. Ray Diaz is our executive producer. Mike Rankin is our sound man. And who's helping you out today?
0: Leo Stoddiger.
2: Leo Stata, it's starter her, right? Stodder her, her. See, I got it right, and he Sorry. got it her, starter her. Leo, Stata-her. He's Popping behind me. Broccoli. Hi, Leo.
3: I can't see you because I'm not tall enough.
2: There, there He's, he is. He slid over so you could wave to him. So Lawrence and I talked at length about the Bears thing yesterday and just how it was (laughs) uncharted. The Bears
3: functional thing, the thing where they spoke and gave
2: answers and were not freaking out about it. Completely uncharted waters. I think Bears press conference and then I'm going to have three hours to make fun of them. And they were normal yesterday. It was fine. It was normal. There were no clowns in the room. And I just I didn't really know how to deal with it. I, I thought he did everything just fine.
3: You know what I thought about? Remember that time you said our feelings about Roquan haven't changed, and then they did change, and then you heard about how the locker room wasn't happy about it later, and then Roquan became the highest paid linebacker in the league? Life comes out fast.
4: I'm I'm with you on that. I haven't liked the way this whole Roquan thing went down, and my issue with it is was well, it's, it's a it it's on multiple levels, but one of my issues is we saw everything we needed to see to prove to us that he won't fit in our defense. How many games was that?
3: I don't like eight. Given how your defense played, I wouldn't want to fit in, in your defense either.
4: But, but the player that we acquired had 14 catches in, in the eight weeks that he was here, but you're convinced that he completely fits in your offense.
3: 29 targets, a whopping 29 targets. It just seems like that. And your quarterback saying you need to be more present in practice early in the week.
4: And meanwhile, the other guy leaves and is named to the Pro Bowl. Probably going to be at least second team All-Pro and got everything that he wanted in the deal.
3: Highest paid linebacker in the league. A A V is the highest of inside all
4: line, highest paid inside linebacker.
2: Yes.
3: They, well, the way the contract is structured, it's highest paid linebacker. A A V is highest of non off ball line off linebackers. So mm-hmm. yeah, but overall highest paid linebacker.
2: Just saying, I'm fine with another team giving him that money, especially where the Bears are right now. I'm okay with it. I think he's good. He's I wish him the best, and I'm happy for him. I just don't. I I don't like paying an off ball linebacker that much money.
3: They didn't either. As good as he is, but a Super Bowl winning regime did.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I listen. That's the extreme. But when when I hear Ryan Poles talk smartly for him and what he's trying to do about stuff, I'm also reminded about the actions that have led to other teams taking action. And we were wrong when we said that the locker room was in a sound place because we heard about it pretty candidly on Monday. Bravo I- to the players who spoke up, but. I think we've got to reevaluate how we're we're reading the tea leaves when we get information here and there.
4: The other thing is, like, I do think that what is happening is we have to make sure that we don't necessarily take people at their word. Like, that, that has to be – we have to continue to reassess that, you know, week in, week out, because obviously Matt Eberfluser is going to try and paint the picture of – Everything's great. Like, sure, we're on a losing streak, but we're all a cohesive unit and everything's fine. And then you find out that it wasn't fine. And then the default setting for a lot of people is, well, it doesn't matter. Those guys aren't good at football. Therefore, it it doesn't matter if they had a good time or not, if the coaches talked to them or not. And I would say that it, it does matter. It matters because can your coaches do what they're supposed to do? Do you have good teachers? Do you have communicators? I like that from what Poles and Iberflu said, there was at the end an open line of communication where those players could air their grievances as it as they were, and maybe you learn something from it. And this is the first year of Matt Eberflus being head coach and the first year of Ryan Poles being a GM. Maybe there are things that they can learn and grow from. But I don't like that players didn't feel comfortable doing it in real time, like as stuff was going on. And that might be a byproduct of leadership on the team being removed via trade.
3: You knew what you were seeing when you saw Roquan Smith start crying, talking about Robert Quinn. And frankly, I'm not saying that was the wrong decision for this Bears team given the age of the defense overall. But, you know, we haven't talked a lot since it happened about even the Khalil Mack trade. And I just start to worry about what you're getting in return cumulatively.
2: And a lot of this is going to sound, at least coming from me, it's going to sound callous. But by the time next year rolls around, all this is going to come out in the wash. It just is. Whether or not, whatever Justin Jones said about any, like, once once the good players are here.
4: I, I mean, let's not dog, like, Justin Jones for what he was, decent. Like, it's not, he's not a bum. He wasn't a huge part of the problem with this defense. No,
2: he, he'll be, he could be a competent reserve. Absolutely. Be a competent backup. Rotational
4: player. I wouldn't say backup, I would say rotational.
2: Right, because they use most teams now in, in a 4-3 are going to use yeah. seven guys. And, and frankly, that's one of the things that Ryan Pace was actually really good at was finding viable hand-on-the-ground defensive linemen. So I have no problem with that, but he's, he's just not going to matter as much. None of these guys are going to matter as much because that was the worst front seven in the league. They, they, they couldn't do anything.
3: And I appreciate Mark Grody saying what needed to be said regarding additionally the coaching staff and that they should take a hard look at some of the positions, there are overwhelming circumstances, even when you don't have your full complement of talent, that should have coaches saying, this isn't how we want to start a game. When Kirk Cousins has a franchise best start to a game, when the Giants eat you alive via the bootleg, those things should matter on somebody's resume. And you should ask your defensive coordinator, why are we having this happen? That doesn't mitigate the fact that players should get home on a pass rush that isn't a schemed blitz. But you should throw a couple in when you're seeing that you're not getting any pass rush. I think all of that should be under evaluation.
4: Me too. Me too. So, I mean, you know, look, there's there's good and bad. There's a, I thought the press conference was, I thought they did a great job yesterday. I thought they did a good job of kind of putting forth what their plan was. I think that Ryan Poles did a really good job of, like, putting bait out there for people if they did want to come and get the number one pick. And then you had Chris Ballard basically crying in front of the microphone being like, I failed and I'm really bad at my job, and I fired myself 18 times this past season, and we might still hire Jeff Saturday to be our head coach, but we need a quarterback desperately, and we will do whatever it takes to get a quarterback in here, including training for one, if that is what it takes to get a quarterback.
3: I don't mind Chris Ballard saying what he said. I don't mind Ryan Paul saying what he said. I feel like all of this adds up, when you're trying to figure out what the price of of assets are.
2: And the great thing about polls is the best thing he can do right now is absolutely nothing. Yep. Just go scout. Everybody go about your normal procedure that you would, wherever you'd be drafting, set your board and wait and just wait and wait for the love affairs to begin and wait for the pro days and wait for the whisper campaigns. And no matter what happens with every day that goes by, you're going that it's going to be worth more your the, your asset value is going to increase so don't jump to anything even if chris ballard picks up the phone today and says i got this 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 that's very very nice thank you for offering that let's talk we'll again. be in touch yeah we'll be in touch. after i get back from mexico we'll, we'll talk again a little bit and just, i don't know if
4: he's going to mexico i just if i were him hey man turn your phones off go to mexico for a week set up you know have your like damn mexico
3: damn mexico yeah, go there, unplug for a little
2: while. Just, just turn sit up some back.
3: Girl from Ipanema in the headphones. Yeah, all a Dick Geron. Yeah,
2: get yourself a spicy margarita and dangle your feet in the hot tub, and 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 just wait for that for those quarterbacks to start tantalizing some people. Because nothing, nothing is sexier to a, a personnel executive than the the idea of drafting a quarterback.
3: trading a first round pick for one that got drafted in the second. Right I just want to know what he thinks is going to blow him away. Like, what by definition, what would that be? Out of whatever quarterback you might see,
2: I think it would be if 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 Bryce Young had had four more inches of height and weighed thirty pounds more. Then then, then you're blown away. He'd be Justin Fields, yes. Yeah. And and a more advanced passer at this stage, if that were the case. Oh, listen,
3: I think they got their quarterback. I just also know that a my guy's guy is running this.
2: Mm-hmm. He's not the only one to have no. to, to have that approach. Where and you should have the, that kind of conviction. It doesn't bother me.
3: He doesn't have to be a my guy's guy. He's he just doesn't have to be a manage the salary cap like Ryan Pace did guy. If you do that, then. You're ahead of the game, I'd say by three hundred times,
2: and maybe or whatever.
3: They're still paying Jimmy Graham. Did that contract did that finally get off I the books? Think th- I think as of this yesterday. Year,
2: yeah, I, th- I think with the new league year, new league year starts on March eleventh. Is that right? It's usually around then. I-, I think then they'll fully be done with that.
4: They can just give the money to Carlos Correa.
2: Now gonna- looks like they're going to give it to Cole Comet. Somebody said it looks like going to be 12 a year AAV and whatever extension he's in line to
4: get.
3: I liked his improvement. It's fine. I but liked he, his
4: improvement, but let's not get but carried he also, away.
3: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Like, what's the standard here?
4: There's no rush. There's no rush. <laughs> let's not get like, carried do you, away. Do
3: we want to just just open every day? Every day, open up the bear stats and the list of leading receivers. And look at those yards for yourself, and you tell me what the market value
4: is. I think he did a lot of nice things. I think there's a lot to be encouraged about. He's not a U-tight end. He's a Y-tight end that can move. That's what we've concluded. Mm
2: -hmm. He can block really well. He's
4: assignment sound. He he seems like a great young man, the type of person that you want in your locker room. All that good stuff.
3: Listen, I am... Let's not get it twisted because I feel like I've come in with a lot of heat today, but I just feel like we've gotta we've gotta reevaluate how we're thinking about some of this stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. Like I the agree.
3: actions do not line up with what you're hearing the words say. So that's where I sat with it. But when it comes to Cole Komet, I was encouraged by what I saw. That's all.
4: I think that is the proper way to approach it.
3: I think he's playing up to a closer level to his potential. Yes. And I don't, you can't argue with that, in my opinion. Like, it's nice to see him in the end zone. It's nice to see him put together consistent performances back to back. I feel like he's. They were
4: able to use him in multiple ways, taking snaps from center, with different formations. Knock off the drops. That would be helpful.
2: Still, too many drops uh, that are otherwise inexplicable. Like, what, what are you doing? I understand contested. I understand if you're at the peak of your athletic range. But when it's thrown right between the numbers and it goes, that, that's got to stop.
4: And be a better actor when you don't catch the ball and you're trying to convince people that you did catch the ball. Yes. Be a better actor.
2: Yes. Don't be like, oh, well, I, I didn't catch that. Like At least make the other team throw I, the
3: red I flag. I 100% would do the same thing. I'd be like, I didn't catch that. Cole Layla, com- you're never getting a flag.
4: Cole commits the kid in that PSA, that, that PSA where – He's out of bounds. You know what I'm talking about, Mike Rankin? It's a championship game. Come on.
2: They're is the best policy. Coach,
4: I was out of bounds. No, you weren't. I'm going to go tell the referee.
3: Tape doesn't lie. He's just saving us time.
4: Whatever. You're cut. Be a better actor uh
2: latest from washington demar derozan is in street clothes at the bulls shoot around this morning it's according to darnell mayberry on twitter officially listed as questionable for tonight's
4: game against the wizards yeah like a quad strain is nothing to mess with especially since he's kind of been dealing with it
3: when you look at how that happened at first it was hilarious at first i was like oh did he step on somebody?" i'm like no he stepped on the ground like, I, th- I, oh, thought oh no. I thought he was doing a DeMar.
2: I thought he was doing a DeMar like, I'm tired. I'm just going to sit here for a little while. <laughs> Didn't he <laughs> I- say,
3: though, his quad have been bothering yes. him? Yes. And and you've always been talking about how unnecessarily he falls down. All the time. Which would be hard on somebody's quads. It would. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Texter, you're right. Thank you. It- it- he touched the ball. That's right. It was out of bounds on him. And then he went to go oh. tell the referee. What? What?
3: No, I'm not going to I'm not going to discredit his integrity here.
4: Who paid for that PSA?
2: Was that like a like a Church of Latter-day Saints or something? Something
4: like that or uh he 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 gets us. One of these nebulous <laughs> religious cults that tries
2: to like oh, just be honest with people. Maybe it was the ad and, council. And now click on this link.
3: The ad council is real <laughs> dark money to me. Of course like, who is this ad council? You all right. I've learned it by watching you. Oh.
2: Well, son, you're all a pretty good joint.
3: I remember that PSA. <laughs> we also to
1: do all this stuff.
3: We also had this really epic ad campaign in North Texas for a rehab center. And like, we all used to quote the, the quotes from that all the time. And it's sad because they do actually make sense. But we'd be like, I don't need your help. I can quit anytime. No, um, you can't. You can't quit anytime, and you do need our help.
4: Dan, it is for, from the Foundation for a Better Life. And who pays for that? I, I usually
3: know. like their PSAs.
4: Here, I'm watching it right now. Coach, I touched that ball.
3: Man, Cole Comet, <laughs> we got enough men in Chicago who lie. You do you. Tell the truth.
2: Foundation, it's a non 501 501c3 founded in 2000 to promote good values. All right. Keep digging.
4: God help us. You know what? next two months. It's
2: funded solely by the Anschutz Family Foundation.
4: Okay. Now we need to check on who they are. Based in Denver,
2: Colorado. Founded Uh by Fred and Marion Pfister Anschutz. Oh, no.
4: That's promise keeper land. Parents
2: of Colorado (laughs) rancher Sue Anschutz Rogers and a billionaire businessman. Oh, no. Ah. (laughs) Okay, Philip Anschutz the became the American conservative editorial newspaper Washington Examiner Here it comes bought out his father's oil drilling company ownership of Walden Media invested in the Chronicles of
0: Narnia. Oh,
3: what those things are crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you think Grody and I weren't doing that yesterday at work, you would be a mistake.
0: What's up with that Narnia?
3: We seriously, we just <laughs> kept it going and everybody just stared at us awkwardly and Grody and I didn't care. We we're like, are we entertaining ourselves right now? Then that's all that matters.
4: We do need to take a break, though. Yeah, this
3: is this. Is oh, we're nine really... minutes late.
4: We're for way, nothing. We're way. late. We're
3: nine minutes late for uh, no reason. We fell
4: down a rabbit hole uh, of P.S.A. Says, I learned it from you, he Dad.
2: Is, he's donated to causes that are anti-LGBTQ. Yeah, I figured that was kind yeah. of. Yeah. So I uh, Yep. 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 Yeah, that's about right.
4: Yep. Uh, a- anyway, become a better uh, actor, Cole Komet. Back after this with the score.
1: Bernstein at Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. You know, the
2: first pick, there are people that sit there go, Quarterback might be available there. You're saying
0: Justin's your guy.
4: Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class,
5: and I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision.
2: All right, well, that can mean a lot of things.
5: Ryan Poles,
2: yesterday... Saying what he needed to say, and they got out of there without embarrassing themselves, and that is a huge thing for the Chicago Bears. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot get this taste out of my mouth. I had I had this weird coffee this morning, and it's like, you know, like when you have. Co- I, I tried coconut water, I think once, and like for the rest of the day, yeah, I love everything tastes water. like that. Oh, it's, I can't like for some reason I, it it sticks. Something sticks in my brain with the receptors, and I can and Everything tastes weird, and that's what's happening with this weird. Starbucks mocha coffee.
3: Is it a tropical paradise?
2: No, it, it's like a it's like pepper... Okay. Thanks. Mitch is or, here or, with an or,
4: Altoid. I'm just going to hold it so I don't spill it. I don't want you to your fingers in. Thank you. Or <laughs> I can go get thanks, you a, a Jolly Rancher.
3: Yeah, they have Jolly Ranchers in the lobby.
4: We have like a you want like this container of no, Jolly Ranchers.
2: I'll try the Altoid first.
4: All
3: right.
2: But do not buy the Starbucks peppermint mocha Keurig cups
3: oh I know what it is there's too much peppermint in them no I
2: I usually like peppermint like like I drink peppermint tea and all that I like that it's something there's some chemical uh, conversion in there that doesn't work and like either I'm processing it weird because you know that like some people can't eat cilantro yes because it tastes like soap it just, I, was, there's something going on. Maybe it's because it, Zoe had one cup of it. It was a, it was a present because she likes that, that flavor profile. So Beth got her this huge box of this for Hanukkah. She's like, oh, thanks. She, she just took one sip of it and said, something's wrong.
4: Oh, and I, and I, you didn't listen to her.
2: And I said, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. And I thought, eh, it can't be that bad. And it smells amazing. It smells amazing when it's brewing and it smelled great. And I bring it in the car and I took one sip. I got it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
4: We're sorry that you had to endure that. But it's, I'm still enduring it. Not you, idiot. Oh. The people listening to the conversation. But they are going to be rewarded for their loyalty to this radio show. You want to know why? Why? Because Adam Hogue is going to join us. And he's going to talk to you about the Chicago Bears in the press conference that they won yesterday. We'll do that next. It's Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi here on The Score. Adam Hogue says...
1: Adam Hogue, Bears beat writer for CHGO Sports.
5: What's up, everyone? My name's Adam Hogue. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. We just need to kick Adam Hodge off the show and let him come back on Tuesday.
1: Host of the Hogan Johns podcast.
5: Mark Tressman's face just popped up on my computer, by the way. Adam Hogue. Adam Hogie or Hog? excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name.
1: With Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi on 670 The Score.
2: He was there yesterday. You heard him asking questions when, you know, you know you're a Bears fan when you can have that end of your press conference and you know everybody who's talking. I mean, whether it's Dan Wiederer or Adam Hogue, Jason Leisure, Herb Howard, Kevin Fishbane, all Caitlin these,
4: Sharkey. Yeah,
2: all these voices that you hear on this stage, you know every single one of them. This one belongs to Adam Hogue, who's with us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And I always urge you to enjoy what we have going on on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score. Adam, how are you?
5: Good morning. Yeah, we even had some pre press conference seating drama too that had to be sorted out before all those Ooh. questions got. Ooh, well, little Helen, yeah. what what, what kind
4: of drama? Well, uh, fill us in.
5: So I uh, I asked for a favor. You know, these big press conferences, you guys know this. You you kind of need to get there an hour early. But I had some things going on at home with the kids yesterday, and it was looking more like I'll uh, probably only be there like thirty five minutes early. So send an old text message to Chris Emma. I said, hey, buddy, would you, would you mind saving me a seat? And very nicely, he did. The problem is, look, no one really has assigned seats in there, but Mark Grody kind of does because he needs access to the panel on the wall that allows him to get the great sound you hear on 670 The score. He gave me Grody's seat. And it's like, come on, Chris, you got to know this is Grody's seat. So uh, I pulled a veteran. I know, man. And then uh, I just pulled a veteran move and essentially created my own spot on the front row by pulling an extra chair over.
3: I also saw that Brad Biggs was in the front row of the media composite. Nice to see. Not surprised. And uh, it did make me kind of bummed that it wasn't in the auditorium room like it used to be for that for that tableau back in 2019.
5: Yeah, they still use that for the uh, like, whenever they introduce a new GM and head coach every two or three years. Um, but <laughs> th- they uh, they they didn't they don't do that anymore for like the draft like they used to or the end of season. I, they should, but it's all right. They got a nice uh, little uh, PNC Center going on there, and it helps give the advertiser some some looks. I think.
4: What did you walk away thinking about what you heard yesterday?
5: Yeah, I you know. I think it would have been very, very hard for them not to win this press conference. Um, I don't really know what could have been said that, that would have come off as, um, you know, something that shouldn't be said. Just given the situation, this was really a drama-free year. I think, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, I All these end-of-year press conferences since, like, at least 2018, after the Cody Parkey double-doink, have been full of drama and you know quote worthy things that would come out that create a lot of reaction and I just think that given the way this year went everyone sort of understood the plan everyone thought not it was everyone a plan. everyone not everyone
2: well who like who like the plenty of people saying about the Bears must learn how to win, and now they've got to learn how to finish these oh. teams off. I mean, come on, there, there was there was a loud chorus of people who actively didn't understand what was going
5: on. Yeah, yeah, okay, F- fair enough, fair enough. I, I, you know, I think anytime I may have dabbled in that conversation, it had more to do with like just Justin Fields. It'd be nice to see him finish off a fourth quarter drive, but it's not the end of the world. That didn't happen because, oh by the way, uh, they ended up with the number one overall pick, which. No one, no one including, and I really do believe this guys. I really don't think Ryan Pohl stopped before the, the year that that was gonna happen. Uh, and which was one of the questions I asked him yesterday, like did you expect to win more games this year? because it certainly seemed like despite all the personnel moves that were being made, the you know, whether it was just guys going on IR late in the season, holding Justin Fields out whatever it was, I, I just I, I think they maybe got there in the last few weeks. But I really don't think that was the plan early on in the year, and they certainly didn't play like it. They were really competitive. You go back and look at the moments that led to them getting the number one pick. It, it's it's almost improbable as the Bulls winning the lottery and getting Derrick Rose. I mean, when, you're, when you really add it up, the muffed punts, the dropped catches, right at Darnell Mooney's dropped catch against Washington, and then everything that transpired in that Houston game the other day, it was very, very unlikely.
3: I also think it's worth noting – Some of the comments that were made, Adam, about individual players, whether it was Ryan Poles bringing up Riley Reef or the comments about Braxton Jones or how he singled out at least a couple of, of players who were there before him, like Cole Komet. What were your takeaways from some of the individual remarks that you heard?
5: Well, I was really interested, Layla, in that regard, especially when it comes to possible contract extensions. Um, And so my biggest takeaways with three in particular right now is I'll be shocked if Cole Komet isn't extended before the start of the 2023 season. I think that's a no brainer. And I think that that was um, emphasized by Ryan Poles yesterday being asked, hey, who who turned into a blue chip player for you this year? And he immediately went to Cole Komet. David Montgomery, who's an impending free agent. I think there's a very good chance he's still on this team next year. Um, it's not so much what Ryan Poles had to say yesterday, which didn't surprise me, which he made it very, very clear he wants to keep David Montgomery. It, 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 as we learned with Roquan Smith, there was a time where he was saying those things about Roquan, too, and he signed a $100 million contract yesterday with a different team. I think it more has more to do with the market. This situation is very different. Montgomery's not lined up to get a huge payday, and when you look at the running back market this year, it's flooded. So I really think that that may work in the Bears' favor if they really do want to keep him, and I think they do. And then with Chase Claypool, who I think ideally they make that trade, he puts up big numbers, they extend him this offseason as he goes in the final year of his his rookie deal. That didn't happen, and if you read between the lines of what Ryan Poles really said yesterday – he said, "Yeah, we need to see more out of him next year before we give him that contract extension." So I would think that Claypool would be the one that has has it more of a prove it type situation uh, going into to next season, and you know we'll just have to see how that plays out. I'm not particularly optimistic, but I do buy a little bit of what they're saying that uh, an offseason with fields and the offense will help a little bit. I think it'll be if he if he has a better year next year, I think it's more of a product of him being asked to be more like the number 3 wide receiver instead of the go-to X.
4: Well, that would be a failure right because you essentially traded a number 1 pick for a number 3 receiver.
5: Yeah, I I mean yeah, probably, but right I think good GMs cut their losses, realize their mistakes quickly. And in this case, I don't think cut your losses means you have to get rid of the guy. I just think it means uh, you better go out and get somebody else, too. And then all of a sudden, if – and I don't know who that is right now, to be honest. But, you know, guys become available via trade. Um, And even if it's just, like, accentuating with guys like Alan Lazard or um, Jacoby Myers, who's a free agent in New England, like, I just think that that pushes – everyone down a notch to where they should be, where you're not asking Mooney, and I'm talking about this more in terms of defensive coverages, right? So you don't have people bracketing Darnell Mooney, who's not good enough to beat that. He's he's probably a two-ish, three-ish guy, right? And then same thing with Claypool. If you're just asking him to be the third guy in terms of targets and receptions, I think you could still be happy with that but i don't think he's gonna ever i'll be surprised if we're ever looking back on this lawrence and being like yeah the number 32 pick was worth it
2: i was hoping that some of the discussion about commit would lead to some other questions regarding the u tight end and i'd love to know from polls we can talk about wide receivers all we want but in sophisticated passing offenses wherever you look the move tight end is an impact player and no matter how good Komet is, you can call him a blue chip at, at, at the inline or Y position, but we know how important it was to the previous administration and when they were trying to get Trey Burton and trying to force other guys into that role and how it kept not working out. But we can talk about receivers all we want. The, the, not everybody has to be Travis Kelsey, but you need somebody who's going to really be that difficult mismatch where if you go big, he's too fast, and if you go fast, he's too big.
5: Yeah, and that's fair, and I don't know that that coal is, is, you know, essentially that. I also it's not. It's not the position think, he plays. No, no, and and but I, I think that for when when you hear the coaching staff talk as much as they do just about how important it is for these wide receivers to be blocking, I honestly think that they look at the tight end spot similarly, and I I just think it's a different scheme and a different. Um, value that this coach coaching staff and this regime puts on that position versus the last one who, as you correctly pointed out, you know, kept talking up these tight ends like they needed to be Travis Kelsey, uh, even though we all knew they they weren't, it's not the same. You're just not going to replicate that in Chicago. There's, there's just not enough of those guys in the NFL. There's like three of them. Um, and so, you know, I, I think for what Cole means to this offense and to this team, it's the fact that he's a really good dependable blocker who, when he does get the ball in his hands, is relentless and refuses to go down, and I also think that if they can improve the pieces around him, too, then you get him in more advantageous situations where he's getting the ball even more frequently on even if they're four or five-yard catches he turns that into 10 11 12 yards with the way he can run after the catch and I think that that's really all they're asking him to be um, as well as a great teammate and somebody who's valued in that locker room uh, which he clearly is as well
3: I don't want to pick on this because it feels like I'm picking on the individual but I am going to pick on the the investment that was made when you also hear Claypool talk about how he needs an offseason and I appreciate him saying I can't wait for OTAs to me, there's no substitute for game experience. And I feel like that resume should be built up a little bit more. There's there's a disconnect there that could really hurt the Bears as far as what they gave up for him. And then also, when you when you trade assets for pennies on the dollar, that's when you get in trouble as a general manager. We just saw that with the last regime. I am a bit burned still. And I do want to see how this plays out. But we've got to look at the warning signs.
5: No question, um, and I'll be a little bit more specific with my frustrations with Claypool. Um, it's not even so much the production; it's like it's to me. It's actually when you watch the tape, and I, I don't see enough aggression at the line of scrimmage to get off jams. I don't see enough details in the route running, um, you know, at the stem of the route to to stop and cut back hard enough. You know, I I think it's really as much as we. F- correctly focused on him adequately understanding where to line up and and what to do, I really got more frustrated watching the tape a couple days later and being like, okay, what about the plays where he clearly knew where to line up and they were trying to get him the ball and his route just wasn't good enough. And then I think when you say disconnect, where I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between the player and maybe the the team – it's when he gets frustrated uh, in Detroit, you know, that they're not moving the ball. And he said, you know, we had too many three and outs. I, I think the team is looking at it like, yeah, man, get open. You do something about it. You know, and I think that there, that's – to me, that's actually the bigger thing I'm, I, I want to see. And if improve that and maybe embrace that part of it a little bit more – then I think that, again, you push him down a little bit as more of the number 2 or number 3 option. Things could be okay next year. But that's kind of a him thing, right? That's, that's something that he needs to embrace, and that's somewhat similar to what you would hear when you talk to people in Pittsburgh, too, and part of the reason why the Steelers were okay getting rid of them. Thank you.
4: Yep. Hoger, great work as always, man. Thank you.
5: All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Adam.
2: Tatum Hogue, Next up, Mike Florio. We got some NFL news breaking with Tua Tungo Vailoa not being cleared for football activities. He will not play in the wild card game this weekend for the Miami Dolphins.
4: Yeah, so that probably means some bigger picture stuff for not just the Dolphins but for Tua.
2: Has to I mean if this one is lasting this long after everything he's gone through this year, he might have a, a very difficult decision to make in the near future
4: yep we'll talk with Mike Florio about that next here on the score now with the MLB app you can
0: get baseball your way